Father God, you are so incredibly good to us. When we need you, God, when we are in that desperate place where we just say that nothing else, God, can satisfy, you are there. God, no matter how many times we may have turned our back on you or how many times we may have walked away from you, you are constantly there to welcome us back into your arms. That the kind of good father that you are is not one that holds grudges or looks at the things that we've done, but you see the perfection of Jesus Christ. And the only way, the only way that you could see that is if you had sacrificed your son for us and if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And if we do that, Lord, you don't see our guilt. You don't see the things that we've done to break your heart. Lord, what you see is your son. The fact that when you look at us and you look at all the shame that we have in our lives and all the things that we have to be embarrassed about, what you see instead is your son Jesus. That is the perfect picture of a perfectly good father. So Lord Jesus, we just say thank you today for being our father. Thank you for Father's Day. Thank you for allowing us to celebrate today. Not just our earthly fathers who are, who are great and wonderful and, and do things for us and provide for our families and care for our families and protect our families and all of those things, God. But we get to celebrate today our Heavenly Father. And today we just get to worship you for who you are. So, Lord, we say thank you, God, for being there today for us. That loving Father that you are, God, just for being there for us today. We just say thank you. We love you so much, and we are so thankful for this word that you've given us. Change our lives today through it. In Jesus' name, amen. So today is Father's Day, and I get a lot of flack sometimes if I don't recognize the fathers. Everybody goes, well, you got all the mothers to stand up, and we applauded for them. So uh, I don't want to sell our dads short today. Uh, can we get all of our dads in the house to please stand up so we can, we can recognize you guys and give you an applause for... All that you do. So the good news is that we get to celebrate you today. It's Father's Day and you get to choose where you go to lunch. But the bad news is I'm a dad too, so I'm probably going to get on you a little bit today. Okay? That's one of the downsides about Father's Day is that uh, I have a tendency to kind of get on dads a little bit. And I say that because I'm getting on me too because I have to be gotten on to a little bit too. So... Uh, I did want to start us off with a video today um, to talk about Father's Day. Um, uh, Brett did one for Mother's Day, so we couldn't sell the dads short and not do a dad video, right? So um, we're going we're gonna to show a quick video uh, about Father's Day. So you guys watch this. It's pretty funny.
That's pretty good, right? So uh, I have to say uh, thank you to my dad, who is actually here with us today. And uh, I have to say thank you for being cool sometimes. Um, but I do have to, uh, I have stolen one of his dad jokes. I have to, I, it just, it dawned on me, I had to say this, man. I'm sorry, dad. Um, it was, he just said, uh-huh. Um, so one of the things he used to say is, uh, what time do you go to the dentist, right? That's, this is one that you always told me. So I, I bring it up every time. You know what time you go to the dentist? 2.30. And now when you go to the dentist when you're 2.30? Anyway, so yeah, that's about the response that most people give me when I say that joke. I stole it from my dad. Who, he used to say that all the time. And I, was, I, I, I kind of laugh, kind of like you did today. And uh, yeah, it, it, uh, I, I get the same response. And that's, I, think you're, I think that's the purpose of a dad joke, right? Like people are not supposed to laugh. You're supposed to like, Ugh, you know what I mean? Like that's, like, you got to tell that joke again. Like this is the third time this week, you know, but... Anyway, so, yeah, I, I thought it was important for me to kind of recognize the dads today, because we do. We give a lot of credit to the moms, and, and uh, man, you know, kids, they, they grow up. You've heard, uh, you know, people talk about how they, they, you know, the dad's there throwing the football out in the yard with the kids and throwing the baseball and preparing them for their high school career, and then they get into the pros, and, and they finally make it on TV after scoring the winning touchdown. What's the first thing they say? Hey, mom, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, and the dad's like, oh, you know, we always get sold short. I don't know why that is, but it tends to be true. Um, today, uh, we're going to be uh, continuing in our study in Colossians chapter 3 on about how to be a Colossians 3 church. Uh, if we look at what we're supposed to do as a church, as a, a body of believers, how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to behave, and we talked about this idea of taking some stuff off from our old life, the stuff that we used to do, the way that we used to behave, all that kind of stuff, we got to toss it to the side. And how in, in the process of doing that, we got to put on some stuff too. And a lot of people talk about taking off stuff when it comes to following Christ. And somehow we believe that the, 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 the idea of following Christ or being a Christian is, is just about what sins can I not commit today, right? Like, and we do this a lot in, in youth ministry. That, that used to be one of the things that used to drive me crazy was... That if we did enough stuff with our youth and we kept them in the church long enough and made them play basketball for long enough, then surely if they're inside the church, they won't be committing sin somewhere else. So we just we would fill up their schedules with lots of stuff so we could jam-pack it all in there so that they would be so preoccupied with doing stuff in church they wouldn't have a chance to go sin somewhere else. And, and like we, we get that mentality sometimes that, that, it, that the Christian uh, faith, that following Christ is just about taking stuff off, about avoiding sin. But the reality is, in our lives and what people are looking at for, from the church, they're looking for genuine people who have genuine concern and passion of, about the other people. And so there are some things that you've got to put on. And, and, and you've got you to take some stuff off in your life, but you've got to put on some stuff too. So that when people look at you, you say, man, now that's a Christ follower. That looks more like what Jesus was like. And, and there, there's, I, I, I've been in a rush to say this because this is what I've wanted to say. And this is something that has been on my heart since it was somebody messaged me this on Facebook. And they were just talking about the messages about Colossians chapter 3 and what God has been showing them through this. And it really boils down to love. It really boils down to love. That's what it boils down to. 
Now, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here. Dudes, we struggle with this more. We struggle with being known as a person of love, don't we? I mean, that's, really, that's hard for a guy. You know, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we want to be macho and masculine and, and, and you know, you want to be known as the tough guy a little bit. But imagine at the end of your life, if instead of being known as, man, he was really tough, and people will say this a lot, they will say, man, he really loved his family, and they say that because he protected his family or cared for his family or provided for his family and those kinds of things. But rarely do you find somebody and you're preaching their funeral and, and they talk about what just a loving person they were. As a man, he was a, a man who loved everybody. You don't see that very much, do you? As, as a man, it's very difficult for us to be known as a person of love because we see that as a feminine trait. We see that as something that's not very masculine. And let me tell you something. That is the wrong way of thinking. Because if you think that way, if you think being known as a, a person who loves everybody is emasculating, is, is somehow feminine in some way, then you would have to be saying that about Jesus Christ because I, I'm pretty sure that he loved everybody, aren't you? And, and I can't think of anybody more masculine than Jesus Christ that would look at the Pharisees and look at them in the face and say, you bunch of snakes. Or he would go into the temple and see people doing things they shouldn't be doing and he'd turn over the tables He'd drive everybody out with a whip. He's a pretty masculine guy. And stand there when they're accusing him of stuff that he didn't do. Stand there and take it all and not say a word, knowing that he was about to go and be whipped and beaten and the flesh torn off his body for you and I. I think he's a pretty masculine guy, but I'm pretty sure he loved everybody. He loved everybody. If you think about it, that's kind of what he was known for, right? The fact that he loved everybody. That, that was kind of the thing that, that, that permeated his whole life is the fact that Jesus was somebody that loved everybody. Wouldn't you like to be known as, as a man like that? Men? And I am. I'm talking more to you today, admittedly. It's Father's Day. We're talking about our Heavenly Father. We're talking about his son, Jesus. We're talking about who we're supposed to be. Let's be people that are known as men of love. Because that's what this Colossians chapter 3 passage is all about. Y'all, think about it. Think about it. Today, today, it, it, it would, it, I mean, it's like, it's like so out of character for a man to be known as a person who loves everybody that you'd be more surprised to find a, person, a man that loves everybody than you would to be able to find a man that could fly, right? I mean, like, it's just that, it's just that bizarre, that strange almost. You know that Jesus was known as a man of love, and this is a dude he flew, y'all. In Acts chapter 1, we read about the fact that he ascended to heaven. And you would think people would still be talking about that today. Man, this guy could, he, I mean, like, like he Peter panned himself right up to his father. I mean, like, that's a big deal. But what is he known for? He's known for his love. Don't you want to be known for that? If you want to be a Christ follower, I'm talking about a genuine Christ follower. Don't you want to be known as a person of love? And guys are like, man, that's tough, Kenny. That's tough. And you take off and you try to avoid sin and all those kinds of things. But do you put on love? In Colossians chapter 3, as we look at what it takes to be less like ourselves and more like Jesus, I have to back up just for a little bit to where we kind of left off last week 
And that was in Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, it says this. Above all. Above all. So all these things, taking off, putting on. What do I got to do, man? What am I supposed to do to be more like Jesus and less like myself? Above all, clothe yourselves with love. Man, isn't that the perfect picture of what Jesus did? Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Now, we, we so desperately sometimes want to hold grudges or, or continue to, to have anger or bitterness towards somebody. And what does that do? What does that do? I mean, when, you, when you've got conflict, whether it's between two countries, whether it's a, between a husband and a wife, you've got, you got conflict, what it? it separates, right? Separation, it divides. Do you know that that is Satan's number one MO? That is the way that he works more than any other way, is to divide and conquer. You've heard that, right? Like, that's the way you win a war, right? You, you get the enemy in a place where you divide them right down the middle, then you can, you can beat them because they're in smaller numbers, right? So you divide and conquer. That's the way you take out an enemy. Well, that's the way Satan works. He wants to come in. He'll take a church, divide it right down the middle. He'll take a marriage, divide it right down the middle. He'll, he'll take parents and children, divide them right down the middle. Because it's easier to conquer them when they're separated, when they're apart, than when they're individual, when they're alone. So what does Satan do? He divides and conquers. So how do we combat that then? If Satan's constantly trying to divide us, trying to split us up in some way, how do we do that? Well, it says right there, it says exactly what you're supposed to do. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds. Which binds. You know what binds means, right? Like, like you got a spiral-bound notebook in high school, right? So it binds. It holds it together. Well, oh, how, how, how am I supposed to keep that from happening? How, how am I supposed to keep Satan from, from dividing and conquering in my relationships, in our church? Love? Love? Could it be just that simple? You know what? I think we can endure a lot of stuff if we would love each other more, don't you? Don't you think that we could, we could wage war against a lot more sin? We could wage war a lot against a, a lot more troubles with dealing with forgiveness? We could wage war against those things a lot easier if we would clothe ourselves with love. Because Satan's trying to use those things to tear us apart. And, and what, what do we do? We gotta, we gotta deal with the fact that Satan's trying to do that. So what do we do? We gotta love more. We gotta love more. So one of the things that happens in my life, y'all, sometimes I get depressed, okay? If I'm just perfectly honest with you, I get depressed. And I deal with depression. I'm not the only pastor that's ever dealt with depression. But one of the things I do is I, I think about sometimes, you know, I, I get I get like all kinds of things. I, I tell myself all kinds of lies, just like you do, okay? So, you know, I'm driving in my car, and I drive an hour and 15 minutes to work, and, and another hour and 15 minutes back from work every day, you know? So I'm sitting there telling myself lies, just like you do all day long. I mean, it, it happens to everybody. And I get depressed sometimes, if I'm very honest with you. I don't know if you ever get depressed, but I get depressed sometimes. I'm telling myself lies, I get depressed. And there's sometimes when that depression builds on the depression I had from yesterday or the day before or what I was thinking about last night before I went to bed. And I kind of start to sink in on myself a little bit. And what I do is I, I begin to focus more and more on myself 
And as I do, as I focus more and more on myself, my problems, my struggles, what I've done wrong, how I've messed up, all those kinds of things, and the depression starts to grow. You know what I'm talking about. When the depression starts to grow and you feel that heavy, heavy burden and it starts to crush you, there's only been one thing, y'all, that I've ever been able to do to really be able to, to, to break those chains in so many of those circumstances where I figure, find that there's like no way out of this depressive state that I'm in where I feel like everything's crushing in on me. Do you know what that is? Do you know what I do? I begin, I begin to love other people. I begin to think about people that, that have less for me or I'll, 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 I'll get online and I'll order some Bibles for some other people or I'll text somebody and tell them how much I love them and how much I'm praying for them today and I begin to take that, that, that focus away from myself and I begin to pour that love out on somebody else and that is the only thing I've ever been able to say that this is definitively the only thing I've ever been able to do in my life to break those chains and to be able to work. Now, it's not like a cure-all. It's not like a silver bullet where you're just like, you're you're done with it, with the depression, and it goes away instantaneously, and you're like, whoosh, man, it feels so much better now. No, it's not like that, but I'm talking about to start making your way back on the right path and the place that you're supposed to be, basking in the glory of God. You know what I'm talking about? That place where you like, man, you wake up in the morning like things are going good today and you just feel it, you know? To get yourself back on that track, to get yourself focused back that direction. The only way I've been able to do that definitively is when I begin to love on other people. And I'll go in and I'll, 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 walk, I'll walk. This is me telling you about what I do, okay, on a daily basis. Like if I'm in that place and, 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 and God's like, okay, what do you got to do to be able to get out of this place? I'll, I'll walk into my office and I'll, I'll walk around the whole office and I'll look and see who looks depressed today. And I'll go and I'll talk to them and, and, and begin to pour into them and begin to love them. And before you know it, it starts to spill over into me. And all of a sudden, my life starts to get back on the right track. I'm able to get out of that depressive state because I'm able to love somebody else. There is something about love, y'all, that changes the perspective of everything. There is something about love that just, it, it like, I mean, you can be headed in one way and you begin to pour out that love and you begin to love somebody and all of a sudden things begin to change. They begin to turn around and that's the picture of Christ that we see. Because without Christ, we had no hope. We had no opportunity for a relationship with our heavenly father. But, but, but Christ turned all that upside down because of the love that he had for all of us to lay down his life for his brothers. Because of that, then everything began to change and we began, began to have this opportunity for a relationship with our Father in heaven and be able to spend eternity with Him. That love, it just changes everything. Men, if you are struggling in your family and you don't know what to do, yes, I want you to love your family, but I want you to go beyond that. I want you to love everybody you come in contact with. And yes, indeed, this includes our enemies. And I think we all know too well what Jesus says about that, that we are to love our enemies. Why is that? Because it binds us all together. It binds us all together in perfect harmony. In perfect harmony. It seems so simple, doesn't it? You mean we came to church on Sunday morning? You know what Kenny told us we needed to do? He read God's word. And you know what it said we need to do? We need to love people. Shocking, isn't it? Some people come in here and say, man, you sound like you're repeating yourself week after week. Because that's what's in here week after week, man. 
It's talking about love again and again and again and again. And you know why I talk about it that much? Because it's in here. It's the most important thing we talk about. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let. So if you do that, if you love. So we, we love and then we let. I love this. And let. So, so then, then, you just, then you just let the rest happen. So you exercise your faith by loving people, and then you let this happen. What happens? And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. You mean if I pour out the love, then the peace comes? I just have to let it come? That's what it says. That's exactly what it says. You pour out the love, you begin to love everybody, which binds us all, and what happens? You just got to sit back and let the peace come. You love and then you let. And that's what it says. I, look, y'all, I know that Father's Day is hard for some, all right? Some of you don't have your fathers anymore. They're not here on this earth, right? And that hurts and makes you sad. And when Father's Day comes up, you kind of hope nobody will talk about it. Some of you, your fathers were mean to you. And I don't mean they were just a little bit mean. They were a lot mean. And some of you have been hurt by your fathers. Some of you have been let down by your fathers. I know. Some of your fathers and you've lost children like me. I lost my daughter just a few days before Father's Day. And I didn't want to see Father's Day coming, to be perfectly honest with you. I didn't, I didn't want to see it come. But you know what? You know what? You know what we're supposed to do? If Satan tries to use Father's Day, where we celebrate Father's Day, we, if Satan tries to use that to bring you down, you know what you need to do to combat that? You need to love. When you're hurting and you're like, you're thinking about, man, all the bad things that's happened, and how you don't even really want to celebrate Father's Day and all that kind of stuff, you know what you need to do? You need to love. You need to love and then you need to let the peace come. You need to let the peace come. It says, for as members of one body, we're called to live in peace. We're supposed to live in peace. That's what, that, that's what Christ died for, so that we would live in peace with one another. It says, and always be thankful for that. And that's kind of where we stopped last week, was just the thankfulness and the overflow of praise that was in this place and the worshipfulness that was in this place because we are thankful for the peace that comes from Christ. But let me encourage you today that if there is one message that needs to penetrate your heart, that needs to be the message of love. You want to know how to break free from the bonds of depression? You want to know how to, how to break free from, from the sin that's crushing you? You got to love. You got to love everybody. And it's a pretty rare trait today in today's world. In verse 16 of Colossians chapter 3, which is where we're going to kind of pick up with today. It says, let the message about Christ in its richness fill your lives. So the, the, the message about Christ in all its richness. Now, the message about Christ is rich. 
Now, if you don't think that it's rich, you look at somebody who's come to faith in Christ and you look at the way that things used to be in their life and the way they used to think and the way they used to behave and then you see the transformation that happens as a result of them finding out the truth about Christ and God begins to to work this thing out in their life and the Holy Spirit begins to start to transform them and you see just how rich it is. And I can't tell you the number of people I've seen come into this place, come into Simple Church, and God wrecks their life, and then all of a sudden things begin to change. And man, when that happens, when people's lives begin to change, you can't help but to worship God more. You can't help but to fall more in love with who he is and his majesty and his might. And you're like, man, there is nobody on this earth that could have done that. It's God who has done that. And then you begin to worship him more, and you see just how rich it is. Do you know... Kayla has has kind of brought this to my attention a lot lately because she went to a conference and they were talking about this and they were talking about worship and they were talking about why people don't worship or why people do worship. And and, and it basically boils down to this. It it boils down to the the thankfulness and, and the recognition of who God is. And the more you're in love with his power, the more you're in love with who he is, the more you're going to worship him. The more it's going to overflow out of your life, and you're not going to be able to help but to do anything but raise your hands. I think that worship is a figuring out just where you are, and then a figuring out who God is. And then when the two mix like that, and God begins to work on your life, you can't help but to worship him. You see the richness that is in Christ. And this message about Christ... It overwhelms you. It overwhelms you. You, you, you see people down here um, raising their hands or, you know, it, it's just an overflow is what it is, you know. And I, I know that some people are intimidated by raising their hands. Guys especially, guys especially are, are very intimidated by raising their hands in worship because they don't want to look weak. They don't want to look weak, so they're afraid to do it. Let, let me tell you something. You are weak. <laughs> You ever, if you think that you ain't weak, if you think you're a strong man, then you go and defeat death, okay? You, you think you're strong, you think you're big, you're bad, you're all that, that you ain't weak, then, then you go and say, God, I'm not dying today, and you defeat death and say, say, no, I have control over death, I promise you, you are weak, and there is one that holds the keys to your life, and his name is Jesus Christ, and if you think you're in control you're delusional. There is only one who is in control, and his name is Jesus Christ. And for us to think that it makes us look weak by surrendering to the one who, who holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave, that's a ridiculous way of thinking. That's a ridiculous way of thinking. This, this is a sign of surrender, right? This is what you do. You hold your hands up and surrender, right? There's only one that I'm going to surrender to. There's only one that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall down and put my hands up to. And his name is Jesus Christ. Because he is strong. And he's way stronger than me. And I ain't afraid to admit that. You may say, well, that's not my thing, man. I don't want to raise my hands in worship. I say try it. I say try it and see how it feels. And, and you know, humble yourself and be able to get past yourself enough to do it one time. And then you say, you know what? I don't care what nobody thinks. I don't care what nobody thinks. I, I know it took me a while to get past that. Guys, look, man. It, did I ever tell you about my, my, my experience when, 
when I, I mean, I used to go to church before I got saved, and I saw people raising their hands in worship. I didn't really get it, and then I tried it one day. I was like, I just did that. Now, I, 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 it, there was no overflow from my heart because I wasn't a Christ follower, okay? So I was just raising my hands. I don't know what I was surrendering to. I was just holding my hands up in church. And I was like, well, this kind of feels like the same as when I have my hands down beside my, my, my side, you know? I, I don't understand the big deal. But then what happened was when Christ changed my life and I got a real taste of his love and the richness of who is in Christ. All of a sudden, when I raised my hands, I was like, oh, I get it now. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ came in and like transformed my life. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I get it now. It does feel differently. It is different. Then I do want to raise my hands. And it's not just about raising my hands. It's about who he is. And the richness ruled and reigned in my life. And I was like, man, this is so good. And I do want to worship him. He says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. It says, teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. It says, teach and counsel. So there's two things that, that happen here. And I want you to think about this. So if I'm, I'm up here and I'm preaching to you on Sunday, I would consider that more like teaching. Some people call it preaching, teaching. They get all wrapped up in what, what the difference is, who's doing it, all that kind of stuff. Is it a male? Is it a female? That makes a difference if they're preaching or teaching, blah, blah, blah. All this kind of garbage I don't really give a rip about, okay? I'm up here telling you what the Word of God says. I feel like we're teaching, okay? And I, I, I'm, I'm trying my best to, to listen to the Holy Spirit of God. And, and some people say, if you're doing that, well, that's preaching. That's not just teaching. And I don't care what you call it, okay? But we're learning more about who God is through His Word. And we'll just call it that, all right? Man, I hate getting hung up on church terms. But anyway, so... Anyway, we're, we're, we're up here, we're talking about the Word of God, and, and we're teaching and preaching, whatever you want to call it, and, and, but, and that's different. That's different than if you come to me after the service and say, I need, to, I need to talk to you about something that's going on in my life for just a minute. Now, what do I do? What do I do? I say, well, let's look at what the Word of God says. Let me tell you what I know the Word of God says about this particular situation or who you are, or the fact that you're feeling down or ashamed and all that kind of stuff, and I begin to counsel you, Right? The counsel not only comes from me, but it comes from the Holy Spirit, who is the great counselor. So as I'm listening to you, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit of God who's telling me what to say to you at the same time. But there's teaching, and then there's counseling, and they're not the same thing. Right? They're not exactly the same thing. One is on a more personal level. One is just more understanding about who God is. The other is about understanding who God has called me to be. And here there's teaching, and then there's counseling, and he's saying we're supposed to do both of these things. And look what it said. I was looking. I, I thought I thought for sure it'd be like, well, you've got to get the pastor to teach and counsel you. But that ain't what it says in verse 16. I was looking. I looked more. It says teach and counsel each other. Does this mean y'all can do that too? Does this mean that y'all can counsel each other or teach each other about what the Word of God says? That you ain't got to just rely on me? you got to be kidding. I thought it was just a guy that stands up here on Sunday. I thought that was his responsibility. No, apparently not. Apparently it belongs to everybody. Apparently it belongs to everybody, just like love, that we're supposed to love everybody. Also, if we're people of love, then we're supposed to teach and counsel each other. 
with all the wisdom that he gives. Now, where's that wisdom? How does he give wisdom? The Holy Spirit of God that tells us what we're supposed to say and do and act. The wisdom that he gives. It goes on to say, and I think we do this pretty well in here. Sing psalms and hymns and spirit, spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Now, I, I will say that there's one thing I enjoy here at Simple Church, and that is the, the worship. I'm not so crazy about the preaching, but the worship is awesome, you know? And, 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 and we, I know it's loud. I know some of y'all don't like it. I had, I had somebody, <laughs> you know, I know that y'all know that I'm like, you, I'm like, I'm the one that had that conversation with him, and I apologize for bringing it up in front of the whole church. But anyway, I don't ever point you out and say, here's who said it, unless it was Kayla, and then I'll be like, well, Kayla said this. But, but <laughs> I was talking about it being loud, and sometimes the worship is loud in here, and I make no apologies for that. Um, but, but somebody, who, I, I, said, I, I said, you know, sometimes, you know, people that are a little older, they don't really like loud music, okay? Like, that's what happens. You get older, you like loud music less, okay? I thought that's what happened. But this person who happened to be older looks at me and goes, well, I tell you what, if they don't like the loud music, they can take their hearing aids out. <laughs> now, what's funny is the person that said this to me is sitting in here right now, and he and or she is smiling at me right now. And, uh, but that's exactly what was said. Well, they take their hearing aids out and just enjoy it. You know what I mean? Just like raise your hands and worship and let's, let's go, you know? I mean, I, and that just fired me up because I, I love when, when old people get fired up about, about the worship. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know? Like, you ain't got to just be 30 years old to enjoy it. But, I mean, that's one thing I love about this place, and that is the worship. And, uh, and there are so many people that have shared that with me, too. And they, they said, man, just, just be in here and, and us... There's a freedom here, and I love it. I love it that it's like that. And, and man, you know, like our worship team, we're not, we don't get all dressed up. You know, I mean, like they dress like me. I got a whitewater rafting shirt on and, and my vans because I'm trying to pull off the hipster pastor look and all that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> like, you know, I, I mean, we got people up here, baseball caps, y'all. They're wearing baseball caps up here, and we're still worshiping. Can you believe that? You know why? Because we don't care, man. We don't care about what you wear. And if you're so caught up in that, go worship somewhere else where they do care. We don't care about that, man. Just come in here. Let's sing praises to Jesus Christ. That's what we care about. That's, and that's why I feel so much more at ease raising my hands in here because I don't care what nobody else thinks. And there's a lot of people that don't care. And we're just like, we're just going to be us. And we're going to sing praises and we're going to sing hymns. And we're just going to worship him for who he is. It even says spiritual songs. I mean, just singing spiritual. Man, we've sung Katy Perry songs up in here before. You know what I mean? That song, Unconditionally, y'all remember when we sung that? Man, I mean, like, people are like, what? That's a Katy Perry song. It depends on who you're singing it to, don't it? That's all that matters. Look, I know, man, there are people listening to podcasts going, do what? What are they talking about? I, I... Man, I get, so, I get so tired of worrying about everything. Let's just worry about Jesus. Let's just worry about loving each other. Let's worry about, uh, worrying about the fact that he is such a good father that he cares about us. And when you're brokenhearted and it's Father's Day and you just want to cry, he just wraps you up in his arms and says, man, I love you. 
I don't know what your heavenly father may have done or said to you or, or the fact that he's here. Or not. I don't know that stuff, but let me tell you this, that you've got a heavenly father who loves you deeply, so much so that he sent his son to die for you. And that's what we're going to continue to talk about in here. And that's the, that's the Jesus that we're going to continue to praise and worship in this place. And we are just going to sing songs and have thankful hearts as a result of who God is. And look, look at the way, you know, this kind of wraps up this, this first little part of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. It says, whatever you do or say, do or say, it, it, it's both, y'all. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. As a representative of the Lord Jesus. It's hard to imagine that God would choose to use me as his representative. That's beyond my comprehension why he would choose to do that. I know what a broken vessel I am. I know how messed up I am. I know the things I say, and I know how people look at me and all that kind of stuff. And, I, and, and y'all, I, I, I have to repent just like y'all do. And I know all the things that I do to mess up. And the fact that he would choose to use me as his representative, that I am a represent Man, you, you want to know a reason you're supposed to take off stuff and put on stuff and bind yourself with love? You're a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you come in here, I don't care. I, I, I don't care like if you if you were like, man, but I messed up yesterday. And, and, and I gotta come in here because God has got to beat me up a little bit so I'll get back on the right path. You're still a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't you ever forget that. And when people look at, at, at the church, they're not looking at the role to see who's on the role. They're looking at the people that go to church and where they say they go to church. And it's God using those people for his glory. You're a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not a representative of simple church. You're a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says this, what a great way to end on Father's Day, right? I didn't plan this. God planned this. He orchestrated that, that this particular paragraph would end today. And look what it says, giving thanks through him to God the Father. A representative of Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Oh, what a great God he is. What an amazing God he is. So today, today, this is the way we're going to end. We're going to end in worship just like we do every day. But listen, y'all, there, there's, there's some people that are hurting. There, there's some people that, that you got issues with your dad, and Father's Day reminds you of that. There's, there's some of you that, that have lost children. Father's Day reminds you of that. For me, Father's Day is very tough because I, I lost my daughter just a few days before Father's Day. She, she got towards the very end of her life, she got to this place where she couldn't really talk. She couldn't talk because the pressure on her brain was building up so bad. Um, the cancer had just basically consumed her brain in such a way that the pressure had built up and the spinal fluid, she had a spot on her spine where the spinal fluid was being constricted and the pressure was building on her brain so she couldn't really talk. All she could do was sleep all day. And then they went in and they, they drew some of that spinal fluid off of her spine and they, they said that, that she cried out, Daddy. She cried out and asked for me. And that was, that was just hours before she passed away. Look, you got a good father, y'all. You got one that, that knows 
your every hurt. He knows your pain. He knows how you struggle. He knows all the things that are running through your mind. He knows the depressive state that you've been in. He knows how you've just been telling yourself lies. He, he knows all those things. He knows how you've been hurt in the past. He knows how you, how you are struggling today with forgiveness. He, he knows how today you're struggling with your sin. He, he knows how right now as I speak to you and as I talk to you about the things that, that, that break God's heart, he, he knows that you're thinking, I'll probably mess up again tomorrow. You know that He loves you anyway. He loves you anyway. That He is the God of past, present, and future. And because of that, because He forgave you yesterday, He'll forgive you tomorrow. Now that's not an excuse to go and, and break His heart and do it willfully. But what it does tell us is if we mess up tomorrow, he's still going to be there. He's still going to be there. And I know, I know that sometimes things get extremely difficult. But today, can you just give thanks through Jesus Christ to God the Father for who he is? Today, can we just worship him loud and proud and not hold back? And if you need to come down and fall on your face before God, just know that he'll be there to, to wrap you up with his arms through his Holy Spirit and just draw you into him today. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ and, and you're like, man, I, I, I want to know this, this richness that is in Christ. I want to know that personally. He's calling you today. He's calling you today to come and join him in a relationship. Please, please allow your Heavenly Father to speak truth to you today. Listen to Him and to His voice alone today. Don't hold back. Be people of love. Be bound together as people of love. Let me pray. Father, thank You so much for this precious Word. God, You have penetrated our hearts with one truth today, and that is that we're supposed to be people of love. As men, I even know that it's difficult for us to do. It's difficult for us to humble ourselves in such a way that, God, we're able to love everybody. But, Lord, that's what you called us to. And if we do that, if we would love, then we could just let the, the peace of Christ reign and rule in our lives. There's so many people here seeking that peace. God, I pray that today they would see that they could find it by loving. Lord, whether it's coming to you, saying, Lord, I love you and I need you. God, or if it's reaching out to other people, maybe even their enemies, who they don't think that they can love, they can do that through the power of Jesus Christ. God, whatever the case may be, God, I pray that you would speak clearly to us today and that we might respond to you. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for being the good father that you are. May you be exalted in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Would everyone stand?